So do you know the year when they lost their last final, their last European final? Oh, good question. I give you a hint. I wasn't born. <laughs> <laughs> And you Sorry. know, I'm not the youngest. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, would it be like 1995? I don't know. Mm, I don't really know. Nearly. They lost their last final back in 1981. Jesus! Yeah. And since then, we they went colored. all the way eight times. We had color TV, by the way, in 1981. So yeah. that's not that bad. Oh, okay. Well, go on. You know, I'm I'm slightly concerned about tomorrow, but I'm not there. So, <laughs> but there is there is hope. I will show you in there just a few hope. moments. Okay. Yeah, there is hope. Okay, good. Okay, keep on listening, guys. There is hope. And welcome to RBLE Global Tracks, which is Leipzig's fresh RB Leipzig podcast in English. And it's brought to you directly from Leipzig by Richard and Mario. And amongst us, we are seized ticket holders, passionate supporters, and not very neutral local pundits. And both of us have been following Leipzig football since our childhood days. So if you want to hear about RB Leipzig, capture the mood of the fans in the city. And if you want to go beyond numbers and statistics, You are in the right place. We're delighted to welcome you on board. Let's go. Auf geht's, Leipziger Jungs. Good evening, Richard. How are you today? Good evening, Mario. Or should I say good morning, Mario? So because I think it's uh, we shouldn't make too much out of it. So please uh, tell our listeners why we have some slightly issues with our sound quality today. Well, I'm using a different mic. Um, I'm traveling. I'm in the States at the moment, in the middle of nowhere in northern Indiana, and it's 10 to 12, so that means good morning, Richard. How are you today? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, we are seven hours apart, so um, I have to care about our uh, dinner tonight, so let's make a quick episode and let's look forward to the match of the year. Great spaghetti it is, I suppose, isn't it? It's spaghetti or pizza. And uh, no, it's actually, it's a schnitzel oh. uh, <laughs> with the potato and I don't know what it is, kohlrabi. Kohlrabi. Um, I have no idea. Some sort of cabbage, guys. It's very healthy on its own. But with schnitzel, I think you spoiled it. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. So today we're talking about, uh, we're having to look back at the last encounter versus FC Augsburg on Saturday. And we're looking forward to the match of the year so far versus uh, the Königlichen Royal, Real Madrid. Uh, that's tomorrow night. But Richard, what happened yesterday? It wasn't really cause for celebration, was it? It was a bit like having a bit of beer. It was a bit of beer, yes. Um, so obviously, it ended up in a two-all draw, and um, and I saw our team. Um, I saw a team with a noticeable amount of uh, self-confidence, especially when controlling the ball. But I also recognized um, that there is a lack of determination uh, to score. So it's, it's mm -hmm. always seemed like the whole team is a bit inhibited, and um, the missed penalty by Openda was symptomatic for this observation, in my opinion. Um, I think if you shoot a penalty, then shoot it with decisiveness. Mm. And the way Openda shot it felt like as if he was inhibited and anxious of making a mistake. It was like, oh my God, 
I don't want to shoot this thing wide by um well whatsoever and then you know it was like as I said he was like anxious and then he just yeah it was like 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 a pass uh, to Finn Damon the goalkeeper from from Augsburg and um it wasn't uh, much left um so he would have saved this thing with his with hands and um didn't it wasn't necessary that he blocked it to the side um so, so yeah it's fair to, so it's fair to say that Openda was just missing real confidence not determination but uh being really confident and being sure that this is going to secure the three points and puts them back into the race for a Champions League spot qualification spot is that a pretty good observation yeah absolutely so my, it was like in the 83rd 82nd minute and if he scores there it's 3-2 and I'm pretty sure then Augsburg wouldn't um, couldn't make it to come back another time. Okay, but that was another scene. So, so it was another scene when I felt like the same when when Baumgartner came in and he had a nice dribbling um, alongside the penalty box from the left side and had the ball to his right foot. And to me, it seemed as if there was an open lane for just a, a glimpse of a second. And um, but he didn't take it and tried to pass to Openda, which, which which was denied. And this was like another moment where I thought, okay, come on, boys, no, come take. Take the shot, go for it. Gets off a blast and and then and try to uh, decide the game here. But he was like uh, handing the um, the responsibility over. Yeah, uh, that is that is a clear sign of of um, lack of confidence, isn't it? And um, that sheer determination of trying to force that ball in. This is sort of what we saw, you know, in this in the first home game, second half versus uh, Stuttgart. They tried to force, uh, they just forced the ball in, and that's currently really missing at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely mm. correct. So offensively, um, this game is. Told enough. So let's take a look at our defensive side. And is Gulashi responsible for both of those goals? There are voices in the social media that argues that. And yeah, I would say mm, in an in, in A game, Pete would have blocked the shot from um, from Vargas to the far side or maybe around the post. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't have um, made the opportunity for Tietz to to take the uh, rebound, and an A game Pete would have also uh, saved the shot from Demirovic too. Okay, yeah, it was deflected a little bit, and it was a blast from a close range, so not easy to save at all. Um, so, but I'm far from saying this this uh, save here is a mandatory. Okay, so um, you don't think it's um, Pete? Pete shouldn't be in goal. I mean, should Marco continue with him, or should he switch back to Yanis? No, this is now he he decided so now that Pete is number one again, and I think he should stick with that decision. Um, I think it would have it would cause more havoc if you change back here now, mm-hmm. and so I think Pete has some some upside potential. So we already saw what he's capable of doing between the goalposts. And I'm sure that he will not be able to reach this level again if he isn't um, able to uh, to play games. It's as simple yeah. as that. Mm-hmm. He has to play. And it's also a valid question if Yanis uh, would actually perform better. I think it would be a similar performance probably at the same uh, at the at the moment moment in time. But what about our other key players? Uh, somebody like Olmo? How was he performing? 
I liked Omar's performance, especially in the first half. Um, he had this nice header uh, after 18 minutes, uh, which came from a crosser from uh, Orban, and he took this header from around 10 half yards away, and it was nicely um, placed be beneath the right goalpost, but Daman made an extraordinary effort to wrap this thing around the uh, goalpost for a next corner kick. And um, Olmo was the uh, had the assist for the 2-1 um, go-ahead goal that came by Shesko uh, early in the second half. And yeah, and some other good scenes too. So I think he is uh, improving from game to, to game. And I'm damn sure that uh, we will have a lot of um, fun games uh, from him to come. Mm, hopefully. He stays without an injury. <laughs> Stay healthy. Okay, but you don't sound to be too concerned now after this this match. I know it's a, it was a prime opportunity missed to stay in touch or stay close to Borussia Dortmund. We're now three points away again, and uh, Stuttgart are six points away. Uh, what kind of feeling? What is or what do you think now about the rest of the season, the next few games? So I. I'm looking from from game to game, and in terms of Bundesliga, it's the next game is versus Gladbach. <laughs> from Spiel zu Spiel. Yes, <laughs> it's versus München Gladbach, and although we are um, looking into detail in the next episode, but I'm really pretty confident that we will be victorious in our next home game next Saturday, 6.30, um, in a top game in the Bundesliga. So if if our team shows the offensively effort with some kind of more decisiveness, with some more willing to go for, just as you mentioned, as we saw them versus Stuttgart in the Hinrunde, um, then I'm damn sure that we will outscore Gladbach here, no doubt. And this another stupid question on my side. How are they going to regain their confidence? That's a good It's not a stupid question. It's a good question. And mm -hmm. um, I have to admit, I have really an answer for that. So maybe we need some some mental um, advice here. But the team has a team. I'm assured about that the team has a mental coach. But I think it's just positive uh, results um, would really help because the team doesn't seem to be in the flow and it doesn't seem to be. I mean, they have to work for everything like everybody else. But in many cases, they haven't rewarded themselves. Just think back to the Eintracht, uh, the game versus Eintracht. You be, you're the better team. You outplay them in many, many times. You create a lot of chances, but you lose. You know, and then okay, two really difficult matches. And versus Union Berlin, it was the first time you kind of got back on track. However, not in a brilliant, convincing way. And uh, the positive thing I can take out of this game versus Augsburg is they didn't lose. No, they could have lost and we would have been back to square one. So at least we got a point. We, were, we weren't defeated. Dortmund is not too far away. So the season is still long. Everything to play for. And I think the key would be just to, to have a very positive performance versus Real Madrid. You know, not trying to get sh shot down. And I think from international games versus brilliant teams like that, you can take a lot of positive stuff away. But um, no, I'm sure we're going to talk about Real Madrid shortly. Is there anything else you'd like to add to, to this Augsburg match? No, I think uh, we wrap things up. Uh, and yeah, let's take a look ahead to the match of the year. Round of 16 UCL. Mm. I'm a bit jealous because you're going to be there. Mm. <laughs> I'm not even sure where they're going to broadcast it over here in the US and uh, we'll probably be on the road anyway. But um, 
I keep our fingers crossed that you really enjoy it. So, yes, you looked at it uh, in detail. So, do enlighten us. What can we expect tomorrow? Introducing our next opponent, their maker, Jack. Okay, let's go. Um, so, Real Madrid, maybe the biggest club in the world? Question mm -hmm. mark. But um, anyway, indisputable, the most successful club in the world. 35 national championships, 20 times winner of the Spanish Cup, and of course the most impressive number, 14 times winner of the UCL and the European Cup respectively, um, which is by the way, six more wins than clubs from Germany combined. So Yeah, that just shows you how mm -hmm. uh, that long kind of tradition oh, tragic word, and success. Yeah, Real Madrid, that's a uh, Top shelf, of course. Of course. So do you know the year when they lost their last final, their last European final? Oh, good question. I give you a hint. I wasn't born. <laughs> <laughs> And you Sorry. know, I'm not the youngest. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, would it be like 1995? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Nearly. They lost their last final back in 1981. Jesus! Yeah. And since then, We they went color. all the way eight times. We had color TV, by the way, in 1981. So it's yeah. not so that bad. 1988-2000-2002-2014-2016-2017-2018-2022-8-more-wins-in-the-UEFA-Champions-League. And so that means, by the way, five-out-of-the-last-ten-finals-that-were-played-were-won-by-Real-Madrid. So is there anything that just to emphasize how big, how successful this club is, and and uh, it's it's impressive how this club keeps this up over decades. Yeah, it is unbelievable, yeah. and uh, nothing to add from our side. Actually, I mean, you have other clubs which are kind of coming up, like uh, the Citizens, the noisy neighbors, but they have a long way to go to match this, uh, those trophies, those number of trophies that track if, record. If they ever will. So, but um, not sure they're gonna they're on a good way, but you got to sustain that. Yeah, you're right. Okay, let's let's take a look back, um, not so much on histories, but on the um, ongoing season. And in this season, they are playing once again in uh, top European tier. Maybe they are their own tier with Man City. Mm. Um, and some numbers here to emphasize that in 24 matches in La Liga, they came up with 19 wins. Four draws and only one loss. And they lost in total only two games this season. And both uh, came in away games at Atletico Madrid. 1-3 uh, in the league and 2-4 in the cup. And in the group stage with uh, Union Berlin, Napoli and Braga, Real won six out of six. And all of their away wins came by only one goal. 3-2 uh, at Napoli, 2-1 at Braga and 3-2 at Berlin. And in Two of those games, the game-winning goals came late in the 84th and the 89th minute, respectively. So that that shows that this team is always keen on winning and always believes in their in, in, in themselves that they are capable of going all the way, no matter how much time has gone off the clock. To be honest, it sounds like the Vaxev at the moment. You know, they yeah. win games at a very late stage. Um, well, just means you got to be at the top of your game and even better 
up to the 115th minute, so to speak, you know, all the time. Wow. Impressive. Very impressive. Absolutely. And most, most recently, um, they beat second place Girona at home with 4 nothing, And Girona, second place, by the way, mm. uh, had no chance at all in this game. They only managed to get five shots on goal and none of them on target. So they ended up in wow. this top encounter in the La Liga with 0.1x goals. Jeez, I never saw anything like that. Oh, okay. Well, go on. You know, I'm I'm slightly concerned about tomorrow, but I'm not there. So, <laughs> but there is there is hope. I will show you. And there just a few hope. moments. Okay. Yeah, there is hope. Okay, good. Okay. Keep on listening, guys. There is hope. Yeah, especially keep in mind that this win versus Girona is even more impressive um, because they're running out of Sandra backs. So listen, Militao number three out with a torn ACL until at least the end of March. Number six, Nacho, out with muscle strain. Number 22, Rüdiger, out with a thigh injury. And, of course, David Alaba, out with a torn ACL. So this is like four starting defenders not available. So they had to come up in their, as their center backs in this match versus Girona um, with Dani Cabral. So hmm. an impressive 173 centimeters tall um, usually right back and Aurelien Touchamani, uh, which is usually a defensive midfield player. So they both, this duo, had to play center back. And um, yeah, nevertheless, Giona had no chance at all. So this they is because this is, yeah, they control the ball. This is a passing machine, um, as you know it from, the, from La Liga. And so they just the whole team keeps you away from their own goal that you, that is um, almost impossible to get into shooting positions and maybe this also shows center backs are overrated hmm? i don't know mm, but if they are this this passing machine which we expected uh, i immediately think of the uh, especially second half of manchester city's performance at leipzig do you think it's comparable or is it even worse from our perspective no it's not worse i think it's comparable and i think uh, man city is is what um, in terms of um, passing the ball and circling the ball around is um slightly better than real madrid especially oh, okay. that's surprising that's surprising especially keep in mind that uh, number five jude bellingham will not be available oh that's interesting news because uh, actually I was for looking forward to seeing him, or you were looking forward to seeing. Him. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> some 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 kind of a, a little disappointment, but um, it definitely increases our chances to, to what get is, something done here. Is he is he suspended or is he injured? Yeah, he's injured. He has a uh, high grade sprain in his left ankle, okay. and will miss uh, about two to three weeks. So maybe uh, we will even not see him in our um, second leg Okay, play Real Madrid early March. But it may not make too much of a dent into um, Real Madrid's quality. Of, it, is, does it? it is still <laughs> a high talent and high quality team, but, but Jude Bellingham um, is, stands out here because he scored in his first um, 24 21 games, he scored 16 goals out of 52 mm. that he scored in the league. So that means every, nearly every third goal is scored by Bellingham. And this is a player even Real Madrid cannot match one one on one. Mm. Wow. So, okay. So 
they're missing some sender packs, but you think that's probably not an issue because they have shown that they can still perform. Um, Jude is not there. Um, so who else is going to be there? Um, okay, let's uh, take a closer look into this uh, still amazing squad and it's with the goalkeeper, okay? Uh, it's number mm -hmm. 13, Andre Luni in turn 25 on Sunday. Happy birthday, but lately. Um, Ukrainian in the club for almost six years, came directly from Zoya Luhansk and was then out on loan to different Spanish clubs. Um, mm -hmm. He produces outstanding numbers this season. Um He has 12 league games. He had a little injury in October, November. So that's because this is uh, the reason this number is not higher. So in this 12 league games, he had a save percentage from almost 82%, ridiculously Jesus. high. Six yeah. clean sheets, conceded six goals only, and statistically avoided five more. Um And I and I and I expect him to start and not number 25 keeper here because Angelotti put Lunin back between the posts when when he recovered from that mentioned injury, and mm -hmm. uh, keeper is usually number two. So okay. yeah, not an easy task to to put the ball into the back of the net when Lunin is between the posts. True. Um, so who else do we need to look out for? Um, of course, in midfield, number eight, Tony Kroos. Who's um, that guy? <laughs> Who's that guy? Um, Who wasn't that? Tony Dahl. Doc Werpers, Tony. Yeah, often um, often decried as Querpas Tony, but this is definitely not what, what he is, in my opinion. He's no, so he's good. He's, he's so, a brilliant player. So brilliant. Yeah. So good in controlling a game. Settle things down when necessary just to play this perfect time depot seconds later. And when asked to do his job in, in defense, he's not a tittle poorer. Um, so yeah, of course, Tony still an, an extremely good um, weapon in this in this in this whole squad. But um, don't underestimate number fifteen, Federico Valverde, usually right, lined up in right midfield. Mm -hmm. um, but he cannot be found anywhere on the pitch, and he's also so extremely good in reading a game, knows exactly when to press with almost perfect timing, and he's such an extremely good ball handler and, and prolific passer. Um, number 11, I would like to mention Rodrigo, and he's an amazing ball carrier. So mm -hmm. he's the league leader in La Liga in uh, progressive carries, what means that um, he, you, you need to uh, carry the ball at least 10 yards towards the opponent's goal line. Mm -hmm. And um, he's the league leader in shots, too, with 68, and he shoots from every angle, uh, sacrifices mm -hmm. Accuracy, only 33.8% of his shots taken goes on target and um, just ended a six-game dry spell without a goal in the last match versus Girona when he scored midway through the second half to make it 4-0. So mm -hmm. it seems like he's back on track too. And not to forget number seven, I, this is the player I like most personally, Vinicius Jr., striker, number two oh, yeah. next to Rodrigo. And I like him because of his decisiveness. So we talked about this uh, in, in terms of our players, but I, what I would like to see more. And every time he takes on, when he starts a dribbling, I see this decisiveness in his behavior, in his eyes. And when he goes into his tempo, it's so hard to stop. And, and often only thing that helps is, is a foul and that often leads to free kick opportunities and dangerous spots. And there comes Tony Kors back into play. Mm, yeah. 
A lot of admiration from your side here and a lot of respect. Um, but it it's, does make these uh, matches exciting as well because you do see these players live and uh, that's just the respect we have for other teams who are with high quality. Nevertheless, I think there's even more we need to look out for, isn't there? So, um, I think I mentioned the the most dangerous players here, although there's one legend I, I, I have to mention. Of course, number 10. Luka Modric. He doesn't seem I, I'm to surprised grow old. He, Yeah, I'm surprised he's still there. It's unbelievable. And by the way, he didn't have to go to Red Bulls, New York. <laughs> no. You know, to just to make the link to another legend. But hey, that's a different story. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, Luka Modric. He's been around for such a long time. And I, I didn't realize he's 38 now, isn't he? Yes, and he's th- 38. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So why do, so, you, why do you still admire him? Because he is um, not the not a starter, not a usual starter anymore. Often come from the bench, but when he comes onto the pitch, he is still a leader and he's still capable um, of getting things done when the rest of the team is struggling a little bit, just like Emil was for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, in terms of uh, the Real Madrid squad, you mentioned a lot of players that uh, are great. Um, is there anyone that sticks out for you? Somebody maybe new who we need to watch tomorrow? Maybe. there. Mm. So he doesn't stick really out, but this is maybe some upcoming next uh, star. It's number 24, Ada Güle. Mm-hmm. Um, you might see him later in the second half. This is an 80-year-old striker out of Turkey. Mm. And very I, young. I don't know why, but seven goals in thirty-two games um, for Fenerbahce convinced Real to sign mm. him. And, and, and honestly, I haven't seen much yet. But when when the Madrid front office uh, does a transfer like this without sending him out on loan somewhere, then this must mean something. And mm-hmm. I ex- I expect him to um, come in midway to the second half that's number 24 keep an eye on him guys so and i and i told you that there's hope and and um yeah there's really hope because i think this 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 um defense without the uh, um best players available will be an opportunity for us and especially if if Cavaral has to be the left center back again and with Chesco on this side there is a clearly um, yeah, advantage for us in terms of scoring goals with headers. And lately, this suits our team um, yeah, remarkably good. So we had two headers, uh, two header goals versus Augsburg recently. Mm-hmm. And as far as I remember, was this... Um, Versus Leverkusen, um, Leverkusen. and also versus Union. Um, okay, one was disallowed, but um, Sheshu was a clear go to player, and uh, it it has worked, it really has worked in the last couple of games. But when when you were talking, uh, so so this is we would be looking out for free kicks, you'd be looking out for uh, maybe going deep from the side down to the sideline passing, and maybe Raum. Can do that. Uh, corner kicks would be an excellent um, idea. Well, <laughs> weapon maybe. But when you first talked about the passing monster or that Real Madrid is controlling the ball, you so you don't get near their goal. 
um, I was thinking of, okay, is, does that mean that the only real chance we also have is similar to the match versus Manchester City um, to be on the break counter-attack? No, not really. If you look into the numbers, at least, um, you will recognize that Real Madrid doesn't have an enormous amount of ball possession. So they're like around 50 to 60 percent, not like Man City when, when they're usually high mm. above 60, almost 70 percent in each game of they play, no matter what the opponent is. And Real Madrid is, is not that. So um, it seems to me that they're circling the ball around a lot, but um, with more uh, with, with more force uh, in, into the opponent's half. So in terms of hope for tomorrow's match, you mentioned one aspect. Are there more aspects that could help us tomorrow? Yeah, we have uh, Xavi, of course. He's a very, very quick player. And with the ball to his feet, he is hard to stop even by this Real Madrid squad. Okay. And if, if he gets his things done a little bit better than he showed in the recent weeks in terms of getting your getting your teammates into the right position and, and um, do better decisions in terms of when to shoot or when to pass and in which direction, then we will have definitely a chance here to score. Okay, so that's, this was a good summary of what would give us hope. So maybe you can summarize that into the keys to win for tomorrow, Richard. Hmm. Um, I have to spoil a bit. and This time I think it's a key to draw. Um <laughs> Okay, we're starting a new column here. It's uh, the keys to draw. <laughs> <laughs> keys to draw. So, um, first of all, we are unbeaten versus Real Madrid in home games. Yeah, this is this is like we're clutching a straw here because uh, last time when we beat them, that wasn't really their A top team, was it? But it was a beautiful match. <laughs> but but still, but still an, yeah. an outstanding squad on the pitch. So almost like we will Ma, see tomorrow yeah. night. Okay, okay. And I loved it how we were up 2-0 and 3-1 and the last goal just was in injury time. Yeah. yeah. But still, yeah. So, okay. key to draw. Let's, let's hold on to that. Key to draw. Let's on to, we are unbeaten. <laughs> we are unbeaten and please act with patience. So, this is not a problem for us. Mm. And composure versus this passing machine. So, mm. don't get into... That don't don't fall in, in, into havoc behavior. So let yeah. them pass. Okay, you know it is hard to defend, but when we have the ball for ourselves, act with decisiveness and act with composure, especially in the final third. And then we will have definitely a chance to go out with a draw here. And then my plea would be to everyone in the uh, stadium who's supporting RB Leipzig. Be patient as well. Do it like you've done it versus Union Berlin, you know, support the team for every little success they have on the pitch as well every great little action support them be loud but be patient it is it's a mammoth task that we have tomorrow but something that they have earned they earned the right to play Real Madrid then last 16 and let's gain a lot of confidence for that to be able to get to the UCL qualification spot for next year so that's just my plea And in terms of who the hell is Marco Rosa going to send on the pitch? What's your lineup prediction for tomorrow, Richard? I think uh, that we will see the third starting 11 back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back games because, yeah, 
I, th I think this squad wasn't doing well versus Augsburg and uh, would have come up with a win with a little more luck. So Gulashi between the posts, Henrys, Orban, Klostermann, Raum, Schlager, Kampel, Kampel. I didn't like Kampel in that match, but I didn't like Seibald either. And so Haidar not around. We're running out of options here. So that's because I think we will see Kampel again. Xavi, Olmo in offensive midfield and Openda and Chesko. Both of them are scoring regularly. Mm. Mm. Can I say that? So scoring quite often in the recent games so there's um, no reason to to change here yeah they know where the goal is they can hit it again they can score on a regular basis um so it still sounds like a powerful and good team to be honest and um it should be a brilliant match so you said these are keys to win are you predicting a draw as well yeah <laughs> i predict a draw and i go with a one or draw here i'm going to join you with a two all draw because it's just one old draw is just too boring. Let's go for a two old draw. <laughs> yeah, that would I think this this would be important, you know. And everybody go there, be loud, enjoy. It's uh, as long as we come out undefeated, I think uh, everything is still possible for Madrid. We can hang on to hope over there as well, but it's the important thing at this stage is to build up confidence, especially for the rest of the season in the league. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Richard. That was a very good overview. And uh, I wish you a lot of fun tomorrow. Thank bring you. Us, bring us back some very good impressions, which we may be, be able to use later on this week. And uh, to everybody else, have a, have a very good time once you're able to, if you got tickets and you go there. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. We would also appreciate it if you could subscribe to us on your favorite platform and leave us a review or contact us by email if you want to let us know how we can improve the pod. The email is talk to us at rbleglobaltracks.com. And uh, you can also find us on Twitter at uh, podcast underscore rbl that concludes our little session for today and that just means we're going to conclude with auf geht's leipziger jungs <laughs> <laughs>